The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. Uh, something about Yankee fans. Nick, you go first. Jack, there are a lot of phrases, a lot of sayings, wise tales. Some of them have truth to them and some don't. One thing I've always kind of subscribed to that there's truth in is the phrase, nice guys finish last. And the Yankees are the nice guy team. Aaron Boone's a great guy. Nice guy. Everybody loves him. He's great with the media. Tyone, he seems like a good dude for all intents and purposes. Britain, you know, these guys have charities. They're nice. They're smiling. They never get angry. And you look at the Red Sox. Alex Cora, total dickhead, World Series champ. A.J. Hinch, total douchebag, World Series champion. Kevin Cash, also an asshole. He at least got to a World Series and kicks our ass every time. We have become the nice guys, the content guys, the complacent guys that don't give a shit. And I think Aaron Boone's content. I think he's like, you know what? We're over 500. I like the at-bats that we're having, yada, yada, yada. We have a good group. Like, he seems content to me. His actions and his words tell me that he's content and satisfied with the way the team's going. And I think when you look at this roster, how many killers do we have? How many guys that are, that do we have that are looking to rip your heart out? Cole, LeMahieu, Chapman. That's it. You, you can try and everybody else is just a nice guy looking for a paycheck. And we need more killers. Those 90s teams had killers. Even in 2009, we had killers. We have a bunch of nice guys. And they say that a team adopts the personality of their manager, which I believe and I know you believe too. And Aaron Boone's a nice guy. And we have a bunch of players that are nice guys. And they don't get pissed off. and They don't give a shit. And that's why we're 33 and 32. You know... There's been a lot of talk on Twitter the past couple days. Um, there's been a lot of talk between fans. There's been a lot of talk. Uh, I was on ESPN Syracuse today, you know, talking to those guys. I wanna, I want everyone to just hear me very clearly. I'm not yelling. I'm not upset. There's not a joke. There's not a punchline here. The 2021. New York Yankees are not going to win the World Series. 
they are not going to win the World Series. You know why they're not going to win the World Series? Because they're not a World Series caliber team made up of World Series caliber individuals. They don't have a manager that's a World Series caliber manager. <laughs> we have a general manager who has won World Series before, but maybe the game has changed and passed him a bit. So we're going to yell. We're going to be upset. We're going to make jokes. But I want everyone to understand very clearly. Is it possible that they win the World Series? Yes, because they haven't been kicked out of the league yet. So technically, they're still eligible. And I do understand that the Washington Nationals, just two years ago, were a pretty bad team pretty late into the season and went on a run. That team had a three-headed monster of pitchers. That team had emerging stars in Juan Soto, some of the other guys on that team. They had veterans who were not past their prime. They had a lot more to offer than we do. So let's get that out of the way. What just happened this weekend, personally, is one of the most embarrassing things that I have seen as a Yankee fan. I live in the Philly area. You live. You're from the Philly area. The Phillies have not hosted the Yankees on a weekend in 20 years. Since 2001, the Yankees have not played here on a weekend. The, every year when the schedule comes out, you hope for the Yankees in Philly on a weekend. I'm sure you have your entire life. I have since even when I didn't live in Philly because I know people who are going to go to the game. You like going to the game with friends. There could be a tailgate. I travel down from New York for it. When this game showed up on the calendar, it became all hands on deck of how do we beat COVID so that the Yankees can play in Philly and I can go and have a good time. The organization, I've talked about it, fucked up the tickets for me in trying to you know buy a suite. But what the New York Yankees did was embarrassing. I brought my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter to her first game, so I was running a little late. I get to my seats. I miss the top of the first. <laughs> and there's two guys on base already. I didn't see a moment that the Yankees were in any in the game at all. This was it, it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking because it's in our backyard. It was disgusting and to get taunted by those blue-collar loudmouth idiots for four hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday. And I live amongst them, and, and some of them are nice, and I have friends and, and whatever, but the majority of the people in that stadium were loud, drunk, blue-collar idiots giving us shit. It was painful. There's no, other, there's no other way to describe it, and it's tougher because when we lose to the Red Sox or we lose to the Rays or even the Astros, like I do have respect for the talent in those organizations. Like They're good organizations that win. The Phillies haven't been in the playoffs since Blockbuster was around. They have the longest drought in the National League, they have no farm system. They're not good. They have basically all of our retreads, all of the guys that we didn't want to re-sign. They signed them all because nobody else wants to Ronald Torres was a starting shortstop against us this whole weekend, and we are a hamstring from Tyler Wade. Yeah. 
It, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing to lose to them. I, I, I don't really know how else to say it. And just to get punked by them. And you had you had the gut-wrenching extra inning walk-off, and then you had the embarrassing blowout. Like, if I could have drawn up, what's the worst possible way that this weekend would break? It, it would have been this. It would have been a heartbreaking walk-off loss and an embarrassing blowout. And that's what we got. <laughs> it really is, because the heartbreaking <laughs> walk-off is like – yeah, I'm going to come back tomorrow, but I'm not happy about it. And then it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck you slow for for, for hours. Um, it was uh, – it's just like beyond words. I can watch the Yankees get their asses kicked or I can listen to someone explain over my shoulder to someone else why the DH is ruining baseball. Don't make me do both at the same fucking time. And that's what the Yankees did. The Yankees made me listen to a guy talk about how the DH is ruining baseball and true baseball is a pitcher's batting. And then, and then every time a pitcher came up, I'd go, what do you think's going to happen here, buddy? Just yelling at him the whole game like an asshole. He made me be an asshole. The Yankees made me be an asshole because I can't put up with that shit. And, like, the vibes on – listen – we go to Minnesota, we win two games. Are we back? No, but we see a path. You see how you sweep them, you roll into Philly this weekend, and you, and you sweep the Phillies. All of a sudden, you're on a five-game win streak, you're feeling better, and then you'll lose the game on Thursday. Uh, on, I mean, just Chapman just didn't have it, and it's very easy to, in that moment, be rational and level-headed and say, oh, Chapman just didn't have it. He's been so good all season, he just didn't have it. It's fair. It happens. Chad Green blew a game a couple weeks ago. You know, these guys can't be perfect every time. The best guys can't be perfect every time. So the energy's high for the weekend. I mean, a 4 o'clock start. At Coming 30- off an off day. Coming off an off day. Everybody's rested. Oh, I thought you meant us. I'm um, saying Friday was an off day for the team. They they should have been ready to go. No, I thought you meant like me and you, like physically. Like coming oh, yeah. up an off day, got a good night's sleep. I mean, at 36 years old, coming off missing my whole 35 season, <laughs> I was at Xfinity Live ordering shots of Jameson at 12.30 for a 4 o'clock game, knowing my child is coming at 3.30, 4 o'clock-ish. So the energy was high. Uh, Xfinity Live for anyone who's never been to the Philly stadiums. Essentially, we have like there's a mall in between all the stadiums, but instead of stores, it's just bars, all different themed bars. The middle, the hallway's a bar, everything's a bar. Um, and it was, I want to say, I can come to say it was two to one Yankee fans to Phillies fans. Yeah, I was thinking 60 40. Um, and that made it worse, man. Look how much they let us down. We, we Yankee yeah. fans traveled. We filled up the opposing ballpark, and that's the effort you give us? Like, fuck you, Boone. You're satisfied. You're happy. Fuck you, dude. We're, we're putting in more effort than the players. We're filling up road stadiums trying to will this team to do anything, and they roll over and get their dicks kicked in. The fucking mascot is putting mocking Sinatra and smashing a Yankees helmet. Like, we are getting punked. I'm tired of being the nice guys, man. It's not a fun identity to be the nice guy team. It's really not. Between that and the people who were outside the stadium last year and then calling him <sighs> Ka- Karen Boone, like, I mean, Philly's got us right now. And I, I don't know when we play them again. You know, like, we may be looking at, like, oh, it's going to be another 
three years, four years before we play the Phillies again. And we play them in Yankee Stadium in July, and we probably gonna be out of the race by then, if we're being honest. Yeah, it's late July. So, so you know the the vibes were good. I mean, we met Dan. Dan showed up. You know, ready Kid to flew rip. up from Florida, man. Talk about putting in effort for yeah. this fucking series. He he flew up. We you know we were with the BP Philly crew guys having drinks with them. Meeting people who flew in from all over the place. I met a couple of our listeners. Um, shout to those guys. Um, as soon as Dan and everyone walked away from me because they were going in, and I was like, oh, I got to wait like five minutes for my wife. Um, someone came up to me, and he listens to the show. I forget your name. He had his girlfriend take a picture of us. And that was the moment where I was just like, yo, I am tanked. I am <laughs> tanked because I, I had stepped outside we were in pbr and i stepped outside and i didn't have sunglasses and it was just like oh i am tanked right now this is not good um and like everyone was just everyone was so excited there was so much potential and we showed up we gave a lackluster effort even coming back and tying that game in the ninth i was with a buddy that I went to college with who, who was up in our section too. And he's a Yankees fan. And he was like, yeah, you probably don't watch any Phillies games, do you? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, this guy who's pitching stinks. So we're probably going to tie this game up. And then we did. But here's the thing. Even when we tied it up, I mean, we knew Judge wasn't going to hit a home run after that oh. too. Like, <laughs> come on. We knew it. Definition we, of too little, too late. It reminded me of LeMay Hughes game tying Homer in game six of the 2019 ALCS where it's like you got the big punch, you tied it, and once you sit back down, you're like, oh, shit, we're about to get walked off. Like there's no way that we're <laughs> scoring again. You know what I mean? Like it was that excitement for like 30 seconds of like jubilation and going nuts, and then I remember sitting back down and being like, oh, shit, if we don't score here, like they're just going to walk us off the next inning. And then, you know, took till the 10th. They took it until the tent to walk us off. But once you go into a tie game and extra innings on the road, it's going to be tough, especially yeah. with this new bullshit rule. Especially with the rule. And, you know, yeah, there's just no there's no f- faith in this team. And we also saw, and there's no reason for us to expect anything different, but when we're six and a half games back, we got swept by Boston the weekend before. We just blew a big game uh, we just blew a game against Minnesota. If it's game five of the World Series, right, and we're down 3-1, Giancarlo Stanton's still on the bench. He sat game six of the 19 ALCS for rest, an elimination game. Like, <laughs> like, I hate to say it. I hate to be, like, I don't think I'm the first guy to give up on this team, but... Like, this team ain't it. It's not a likable group either. Like, it's not like they have any good storylines or any fun players. Like, what has been a good storyline about this team? What's one fun thing that's happened this year? I I can't think of one positive feel-good storyline. Can you? Yeah, they don't even have, like, fucking mustaches or, like, a thing they do at second base. There's nothing. Yeah, (laughs) you don't do that anymore. They're not likable. Because it's not the same team. The team is just a rotating, like, who's kind of healthy today. And so, like, you know, if you are, I don't know, born in 
1995 or like later, I hate to break to you. Like this ain't the team. This ain't it. Don't. Yeah, I know you saw 2009 and you remember that. But everything, nobody, we never, no one uses the 2009 team as an example of like, that's what we need to be. Because we bought that World Series, which is fine. Which is fine because you pay your players. But the the idea of anyone saying like, well, slow start in 98, like the 2000 team, oh you know, only God, won 87 games or whatever. You weren't around. You weren't paying attention. This is not that team. This team couldn't fucking carry Scott Brocious's jockstrap. You know, there's no balls. There's no backbone. And so I I've I said it last year. I've said it in the offseason. And it was an idea. But now it this is there is no better time to trade Aaron Judge than right now. Play a couple games, get this back. So I'm not even talking at the deadline because that back with back spasms now, oh, you know, fatigue from flying across here. This is a ticking time bomb that's ready to go off. And anybody, listen, when you say like, oh, we can't get rid of Judge, that'd be giving up. Yeah, we are giving up. It is because we are not Trevor Story away. Unless Trevor Story can start two games a week on the mound. (laughs) And we we're had not, hit left-handed. Yeah, we're not <laughs> Trevor Story away. We're just not a good baseball team, and that is fine because things change, and the league has changed. And so, if you trade Aaron Judge, right, and people are, well, who's going to trade for him with all the things that you're saying about him? Someone will, like maybe the Padres. The Padres have traded 15 of their top 30 prospects. Okay, they are battling with the Dodgers and. As we know, like the window is not forever. The window will close on them. They're in a window now. How long is their window? I don't know. But the Padres are are in third place yes. while still being nine games over 500. They're only three games back. The Giants are surprising some people. If the San Diego Padres add a bat, a power bat, a good guy like Aaron nice Judge. Guy, a nice guy. Yep. A really nice guy. Who's a good baseball player? I've never said Aaron Judge is not a good baseball player. Have I said he's not clutch? Yeah, but that's just based on the statistics around him being up in any clutch situation, aside from that (laughs) one walk. I'm only basing it on facts. The one walk. (laughs) But if you are a Padres fan and you're the Padres and you've been close before, but like you've got this core, you've got Machado, you've invested in Tatis, you know, you eventually one of them will probably become an albatross of a contract because someone will get injured. They'll be fighting injuries. Like let's strike while the iron is hot. Let's fill those seats in beautiful Southern California. And if we will give you Aaron judge and you give us, we'll take Tommy fam because he's an expiring contract. Um, he makes eight and a half million dollars a year. So whatever. Um, and they'll, they'll have to move, you know, someone at the major league level, probably. If they don't want to give us, I don't give a shit about having him. Give me Mackenzie Gore, who's the number six overall prospect in baseball, the number one pitching prospect. He's a lefty, a lefty. Okay, he was a, a, num- a, a number three overall pick a couple years ago. Give me him. 
Give me their number two prospect, who's number eight in baseball, C.J. Abrams, who is playing in double A as a shortstop, a future shortstop. And then maybe give me Robert Hassel, who's number 62 overall pick, their fourth overall pick. He's an outfielder. It gives us a little outfield depth, you know, in the minor leagues and some freedom to look at moving, uh, you know, Andujar or Clint, depending on like whatever. Because also Hassel is, he's a lefty, you know, playing A ball. So that's. That's as much research as I've ever done for this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> you really got in the weeds. Everybody. Well, because here's the thing. I can lay out. I think I lay out a very valid argument to trade Aaron Judge. And then everyone on Twitter goes, well, who's going to trade for him? And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm not fucking Brian Hoke is going to figure that out. Right. But Brian Hoke can't write that article yet. Lindsey Adler can't write that article. These guys cannot write that article because they have to talk to the players every day. And I'm not going to write that article because I'm lazy. And that's why I don't do what they do for a living for a living. That and I like making a lot of money. But, you know, you get, we get a couple of these guys. We rebuild our farm system. Uh, we've got – what did Dan say to us here? C.J. Abrams is batting – Three fifty-four in his career. Oh, Jesus Christ, a batting average starting with a three. What? Right? You're allowed to do that? That's allowed? Nope. <laughs> so I'm saying like this is – it's 2016, all right? So I, I've been big on the trade judge because odds are he's not going to keep up this level. He's having his best season that he's had since 2017 – even sitting out a couple of games here and there for you know odd little tweaks, he's on pace to play more games than he's played since 2017. You can give someone Aaron Judge for a year and a half, and the same way people charge us the Yankee premium for trades, this is the Aaron Judge gap tooth Pepsi ad Jersey Mike's. He'll do fucking, I don't know, Rancho Tacos or whatever it is down there in San Diego. He could, whatever they're, you know, their chain is down there of mediocre food. He can do that. You can win a World Series while we're asleep at the wheel. You'll probably blow it anyway. He'll probably get injured. But still, you could make that. I also think we trade Chapman. You trade Chapman just like we did before. You trade him. He's having a great season. I'm very happy for him. However, like... Even as he's like re, you know, reinvented himself. Right now, we don't need a shutdown closer because we don't have a lead ever, and we're, I, we're, we're not going to ha- be a rebuilding team. Yeah, if it's a rebuilding team, you do not have a closer that you pay. What do we pay? Fifteen million dollars a year. He makes like seventeen five. He makes a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. You do not. Same thing as 2016. You could trade him. You could trade Britain. Look, you got these relievers. You could trade Green. I'm ready to trade Judge. Look, if anybody trades for Judge, you get him for two pennant runs. You know, one and a half years. This is the only time to do it because once you get to the offseason, we've seen it with Lindor and Betts. 
the return isn't great for one year. But for one and a half years, you can still get a, a good return, and it opens you up to even teams like the Athletics, who might not be able to sign him long term, but they'll take him for a year and a half. They're in first place. He's from Linden, California, which I think is like 15 miles from the Oakland Coliseum. That's who I thought of. You thought of the Padres. I also want to trade either whether it's Geo or Voight. We got to make room for Corey Seager. You know, the whole thing before was, oh, we got this great shortstop class coming up, but which infielder are you going to get rid of? Any of them. That's the fucking answer. Glaber, Geo, whoever. Voight. I want to make room. I want to sign Corey Seager, who's left-handed, who plays the game the right way, who makes contact, who's an elite fielder. Bring a guy like that in here. I think he'd be the perfect Yankee. And look, Voight's 30. Geo's 29. Like, by the time we're good again, they're going to be, you know, pushing 35. Everybody should be on the table for me except except Cole, realistically. I, Gla- I would listen to offers for Glaber. What, what has yeah. he done? Yeah, no, I would listen. The only reason I didn't bring up Oakland is they don't really have a good farm system. Okay. I haven't looked at farm systems. They're like, they're ranked 26. Okay. And they have shown, I mean, they're, they're in first place now. That's the world series for them. Like they've already won the world series, the way that they run their team. So, uh, you know, what about the giants? They're in first place and Cashman clearly has a relationship. They just made the trade with Talkman in, Judges from there could that be in play? How's their yeah? Uh, they're 11th. Okay, they've still got a couple guys in the you know the top hundred prospects. So and I don't give a shit about oh you can't I'll trade them to the Mets. I don't care who they trade them to. Like oh yo you can't trade them to this team. We can't trade within the division. I don't give a shit. Get the best return possible. I don't like the idea, and it's just a personal thing. So it's irrational and mm-hmm. it's oh, the wrong answer. I could not live seeing him in like in a Rays or a Red Sox uniform and having to face that. I don't care anymore, man. I I don't that doesn't bother we're if we're not winning anyway. I'm actually trade him to Tampa knees. and let the turf wear out those knees. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that would actually be the best case scenario. We trade him to Tampa and Tampa always has great prospects. They got prospects out the wazoo. We yeah. have one, Dominguez. <laughs> We have we have one prospect who is not playing in the minor leagues yet. Like right, he start he starts in a couple of weeks. Still, I saw a video of him hit a monster home run, and the guy on the mound was wearing the same uniform he was. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're right. No, you have to sell, and you cannot buy. You cannot sacrifice any of the prospects we have left for something that isn't going to happen anyway. And jeopardize the future. I, I am fully on board with selling. They're a game over 500. They have a negative seven run differential. They have allowed more runs than they've scored. Like, it's not like they're close. Like, people are like, oh, the small sample size. They'll turn it around. Batted ball velocity. They have less runs than they've scored. The Blue Jays have a plus 50 run differential. We're lucky to even be over 500. Our record based on a run differential should be a lot worse. Could you imagine being in first place in the division and having the number one farm system because that's what the rays do it's insane it's insane so you know like it's just like you said cole is untouchable i i mean if someone really made an offer for dj like yeah i would i just don't think they're going to be teams lined up for a 32 year old infielder with six years left and i I don't mind i like he's a guy like during a rebuild be a good influence on younger players like he's just a good guy to keep around i think yeah i you know i think he will take like kind of that leadership role 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's maybe those two are untradeable, like in the system. I mean, I guess you hold on to Dominguez because he's Mike Trout, but like literally everyone, because all we've learned. And so you got it, you know, as you take the steps, you go, all right, well, you got to get rid of these guys. Boone has to go. No one, like nobody has lost, like the fans, no one's defending him. There are zero defenders, not even like, not even morons. When even morons aren't defending you, because I'm going to get into the Cashman defending morons shortly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But nobody is defending Aaron Boone right now. And I get it. Like the press conferences that he's giving, they're atrocious. But if I was in that position, I would also be giving an atrocious – because like what are you going to do? You can't – like I'm about to lose my job. What do you want? I'm on a pip. What the fuck do you want from me? What else? So I don't expect anything else out of Aaron Boone. I don't expect him to give us good information. I don't expect good press conferences. I don't expect good lineups. I don't expect good pitching changes. You know why I don't expect those? Because they haven't happened. And to think that they're going to change overnight. Women are killed every day in this country because they take that mentality of, oh, no, he's going to change. It'll be different. Don't let yourself fall into that. Don't at all. I said I was on ESPN Syracuse today, and here's what I said to those guys. After a year away, everyone being stuck in their houses, it's all over Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, hashtag hot girl summer. I am also going to have a hot girl summer. Am I going to wear a sundress? No. But I am not going to let a bunch of fuck boys in their 20s who have a good job in New York City ruin my fucking summer because I'm hoping they'll be someone that they aren't. And that's the New York Yankees. You're exactly right. And I think about my fandom, you know, DVRing games, going on airplane mode, blowing off social plans to watch this team. And I do all of that with the idea that this team has a legitimate chance to win a championship. That is the fuel for me bringing a TV with me to a bachelor party. That's the fuel for going on airplane mode for seven hours. And let me tell you something. I'm not doing all that shit for a 500 team. If I am home on a weeknight and I have nothing going on, well, I sit down and watch. Absolutely. But like this Friday night, I made a dinner reservation for me and Jamie proactively. I can't tell you the last time that I made a dinner reservation actively on a Friday night during baseball season. I guess probably 2016 would probably be the last time when they were eliminated. But but that's where we're at. This is a 500 team. And when you take away the chance of a championship, like what other juice do you have as a fan? Like there's no point. And I remember we were at Xfinity. I was like, oh, Jack, like, you know, maybe that Friday night, July 2nd or July 3rd, I'll probably get out of work at like two or three o'clock. Maybe we could go to that Friday night game. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not making the trip. They're under 500. I'm just not doing it. My so another thing with you know being down in like my in laws are Phillies fans. Now I have to go to Father's Day and listen to these guys who like I I think baseball is like their third favorite sport, fourth favorite. It's like football, college basketball, NBA basketball, baseball. I guess just fucking yeah, yeah. It's gonna be nonstop. It's painful. It's painful. My mother in law texted me and my wife. As I, I happened to be walking out of the game yesterday when it was five. I believe it was the fifth inning, um, and she said something about how my daughter looked like she was having so much fun at the game. Too bad the Phillies beat the Yankees. And I said I already left today's game, and they said lose some, win some. Um, my father-in-law asked, "Were you that upset that you left the game?" 
And I said, every minute I spend at this game is an investment that I've lost in my pool. <laughs> I can't spend a summer doing this, driving yeah. back and forth to New York, York. I'll just be in the goddamn pool. Me too. I got a, I got a pool in yeah. my building. It's a lot more fun than watching this team. And yeah, it's not worth the train rides or, or driving up and spending the money. It's fucking expensive. Like, you know, sometimes we get free tickets and stuff, but it's still expensive getting up there from Philly. And it's the time. Like, even if you go to a one o'clock game or something on a Saturday, that's 10, 11 hours all in. Generally, if you're pregame and leaving, whatever, it's not worth it for a 500 team. And if people want to say, oh, we're bad fans, I, I don't, people judging my fandom, I'm not even listening. Don't care. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it's like $40 in gas since Joe Biden decided to raise the price on gases because that's how it Asshole. works, you yep. fucking morons. It's not how the <laughs> fucking economy works. It's tolls on the highway, $16 for the George Russian Bridge, $45 for parking. So if everything at the game is free, we're still at like 100 bucks. Minimum and the time like if I don't go with you and I take the train, it's even it's even longer than all that. Yeah. And it's more of a hassle and it's the subway and it's the it's the hassle of it. It sucks. And the thing is, is this is this is basically 2013, 2014. The difference is at least we had fun retirement tours to distract us. You had Mariano's retirement tour in 2013. And then you had Derek in 2014. Everybody was cel celebrating us. The games were selling out and there was something to celebrate. This is a 500 team with nothing to celebrate. So it's arguably worse than that. I'm wondering what for the first like home game Sunday during the NFL season, what <laughs> fucking alumni they're going to trot out there. Gerald Williams Monument Day. Because we've no run out left. of fucking people. To, like A-Rod would be the only one that I could think of. They've done everybody from the 90s dynasty. I think pretty much you know, they did Derek, Andy, Jorge, Moe. They did that all in like a two-year span. Yeah, that that group's washed up. Like that's dried up that well. So I don't know. Maybe they'll bring back like the 2000 team because they couldn't last year. Like that's what they'll say. I don't think even that would sell out, and that's where. Oh, it's not going to sell fucking anything because this team's atrocious. <laughs> but that's what they try. They shoot for. We know that Hal is generally a guy that if people are going to the games and buying chicken buckets and Bud Lights, he's good. But if we get to August and they're let's say they're five games under 500, which isn't that crazy? They're only a game over 500 now. At what point do you think he might just – do you think that gives them a chance to fire Boone or do something drastic if – let's say they're at, they're, at 50, they're averaging you know 20,000 fans a game or something like really bad in August. Like, Do you think they do something just for revenue reasons? Um, no. Well, because you still have to pay out the contract. Yeah, so but I think the idea of seeing an empty Yankee Stadium with regulations lifted is, is a terrifying thought for Hal. Yeah, but I mean, if they fire Boone and they're five games under 500, are you going? Are you going to start like, hey, I got to be there to see? Honestly, I, maybe I would just to see if the atmosphere is any different, just to see if, if it's any different. I, I would consider it, yeah. They're going to have to do something at some point because this, this just isn't working. At the end of last season, I whined and moaned and bitched that the team wasn't athletic enough and they weren't fast enough. And they did nothing to address that. Like, this isn't that big of a surprise. They didn't address any of the issues that they had last year. Pretty much just decided to run it back and switch up a couple of the pitchers. But there were no big changes made. Yeah. I mean, no, we, we, we said, like, hey, we, you know, we had to spend our time. We spent our offseason playing chicken with DJ. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> 
Like that was the move was we're just going to wait on this. We can't do anything else till that. And yeah, we went out and got Kluber. I'm still not mad. If Kluber doesn't pitch another game for the Yankees, I'm still not mad at that deal because that's a, uh, you have the opportunity to get him. He looked healthy. He had figured it out. And now like, you know, something's going on. He played catch. He felt, you know, everything went good when he played catch. So they moved him to the 60-day DL because that makes sense. And we were both on board with that just because we didn't want to run it back with Tanaka and Paxton again. Yeah. Like that duo was not getting it done. So you wanted to try something with Kluber and Tyone, fine. But Tyone, you cannot show up on a Saturday with Yankee fans invading a road park and put in that kind of effort. I mean, talk about not showing up. That was fucking pathetic. That was Luis Severino 2017 wildcard game. Like, you did not even show up, man. It infuriated me. The one out that he got was a foot away from being a grand slam. He yeah. didn't make one good pitch. No. Just had had absolutely nothing. And I do. The only thing that gives me any tolerance for him is that he he'll at least stand there and be like, yeah, I, I sucked. Like, and I need to be better. Yeah. And I just look at it like, well, if you were the only one sucking, then I could really be mad. But you're not. Like, we're not Tyone away from. No, no, no really, really far. And look, the Cashman, he, he knew he didn't have any lefty bats. He didn't do anything about it. And you could see it with the lineup. They batted Odor third yesterday. He, the, the Rangers are paying Odor not to play for their team. Odor got pinch hit for on Saturday, so he wasn't good enough to bat in whatever spot that was, the seventh or eighth. And then he's batting third. On Sunday, do you think the Dodgers or the Rays or a team like that would ever bat Odor third? The answer is no. Losing teams do that. I mean, he wasn't on a major league roster to start the season for a reason. And due to injuries, we're forced to, you know, play him every day. And he's had some big hits. Like, he's had some great hits. He hasn't had enough hits, but the ones he's had have been good. But it's just like, it's the logic that you're explaining. It's not his performance. It's the logic of the person making the lineup to say, yesterday you weren't good enough to hit in a big position. Today you're going to bat third. Because <laughs> you're the only lefty. Because the GM didn't, didn't give us any lefties. And let me talk about Stan for a second. Team went into the weekend, I believe, seven and a half games out of first place. You know, season is clearly spiraling. And you rest him because you can't play him in the outfield. What do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? We were desperate for wins. Stick him in left field and maybe you tell him don't dive or something. Just catch the balls right to you. Like you cannot have him sit both games and have Judge sit one of the games. So they played in basically 25% of the possible whatever for the weekend. And look, the Phillies played all their guys and they played harder and they won. You cannot rest Stanton, man. You can't do it. I said on a podcast before the season started that Hal had to make a decision when it comes to Stanton because I think now we've passed where, like, he could hire a hitman to kill him and then still get out of prison before the contract's up. (laughs) At this point, I don't see where there's a path that the Yankees are going to bring Giancarlo Stanton that gets him to being – a person who could play the outfield, right? It felt like the team has given up on the hope of getting to that place at all, which makes him an albatross. So why wouldn't you play him and just hope he gets injured so you collect the insurance? 
You have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose by sitting him. It's And look, if they're seven games up in first place, fine. Give them the rest days. You're chilling. You've earned that right. First place teams earn the right to load manage to do that shit. We are a fourth place team. We're not even a second or a third place team. We're a fucking fourth place team and, and we're load managing guys and resting guys. Where's the sense of urgency? At what point, you know, is it 10 games out? Is it 12 games out? Like, at what point are you guys actually going to start trying? Or does that point not exist? Well, it's... um. We treat it like, uh, you know, poker when it's, oh, I'm pot committed, so I've got to, you know, bet again. That doesn't exist because you only lose what's in the pot. So it's as if we're just saying like, oh, well, all right, well, we got this MVP caliber hitter, outfielder, you know, leader. He can't play the field anymore. And we still have to sit him a lot so he can do half of the job. So we're, I mean, we're really getting like, what do we get? We're getting maybe 40% of, if not 30% of what we're supposed to get. Yeah. 33. Yeah. So just fucking write his name on the lineup. Make him say he won't go out there. Yes. Yes. Agreed. No, you got, you got to play him in left. He's 31. Beltron was playing the outfield for us at 38. In 2014, we've had motherfucker 37, 38 year olds playing the outfield every day. He's 31. He's benching Adriana Lima. He looks like a Greek guy. Get out there and catch the fucking three fly balls that come to a game and shut up, man. It, it, it's so frustrating. And the worst part is that they passed on Harper and Machado for this guy. Two guys that play 160 games every single year and are never on the injured list. Look, you know, go to baseball reference. They each play every single day. Either one of those guys would have been a better option than Stanton. And we chose door three, which is the worst door. That, that's why it sucks. And we're saying, you know, like when Stan gets hot, he's on another planet. He, he started to get a little hot last week. But he is going to – like we're obviously not getting there. But if we were, he's going to sit World Series games. That's Even David Ortiz had a first baseman's mitt. Yep, Absolutely. And how many teams are successful with a full-time DH? Let's remember, most good American League teams use the DH as a way to give guys half days, rest days. Like, use it as a rotating spot. Most teams don't have a full-time guy to pencil into DH every day. You want to use it to give guys rest over 162. You want to load manage, use that spot for that. It's just so fucked up. It, it, it's not going to work. And he strikes out a ton. It's redundant. You know, him and Judge is, is a little bit redundant. And Har- it's, just, it's tough, man, because Harper's a lefty. And he gets on base way more. And he really didn't sign. I mean, they make the same amount of money, basically. It just would have been a way better move. So would a Machado. I mean, I th- we we were close. And to, I, part of me wonders, like, is this where we expected Stanton to be at this point? Anyway, but we thought we would have raised two trophies by now. So be like, oh, well, we won, you know, we won in 18, we won oh, in 20. Oh, it was a buy now, it yeah. Was. yeah. It, it was for 18, 19, 20. The, the other thing, looking back, though, is he hit 59 homers in 17. I don't know if he's ever gone over 40 other than that. I mean, that was clearly an anomaly. I mean, his stock was as high as it ever was. I think if it's any other year than 2017, like if Stan had hit 36 homers, like would they have made that trade? But he had 59 out of nowhere. He's never going to do that again. It's just so classic, man. It's so frustrating. And he was an outfielder in the National League. Like, where did this come from? You know, the guy who won an MVP and is a natural right fielder, we moved to left field for the not MVP. (laughs) For the almost gold glover. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he never hit uh, over 40 home runs aside from that season. Next highest is 38. Clear anomaly. Uh, and, yeah, you should have you should have done your idea in March. You were right. You know, give Judge half the games and write half a DH. Same thing with Stan. That would have been a better plan. This plan of Stan never playing the field, it's – Oh, what a disaster in six, six more years <laughs> between him and Hicks, these, these outfield commitments they have. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And wait, real quick on Cashman. He's extended two guys. It's given two guys extensions. Yeah, let's not go real quick. Let's go real long on on Cashman because yeah, yeah. we've talked players that need to go. We've talked manager needs to go. Someone else has to go. GM needs to go. He's given two guys extensions. Aaron Hicks, Luis Severino. I believe combined they've played about 10 or 15% of the possible games since those extensions. Those were the two guys that he committed to, and they haven't played. So good, good job there on the extensions, Cash. So uh, – We've been going back and forth with, and he's still tweeting as we're recording this at King, uh, oh, at yeah, New King guy. of Media, and he said something about being uh, about the podcast. So I assume he's listening to this. Um, he says Brian Cashman is exceptional at his job. <laughs> is Brian Cashman a nice guy? Yes. Is Aaron Boone a nice guy? Yes. Is Aaron Judge a nice guy? Yes. I'm not saying to send these guys to North Korean labor camps. I'm talking about sending Aaron Judge to San Diego where it's 72 degrees every day. I'm talking about sending Boone back to Arizona wherever he lives where it's like that's the life that you've chosen. I'm talking now about sending Brian Cashman back up to Connecticut where he can cry into a pile of money. Brian Cashman did not build the 1996 team. He didn't build the 98 team. He didn't build the 99 team. He didn't build the 2000 team. Did he make moves that contributed to all of those teams? Yes, he was an assistant GM. He was in the organization. He made signings. He made trades that got us some of those other uh, championships. He did that with George Steinbrenner's purse strings wide open. From there, we were a team consistently chasing and chasing and just trying to find one hole. Let's plug one hole. You know, before it was Trevor Story, it was Gary Sheffield. Like, we've gone through this before. Yeah, yeah. We choked as badly as you can choke in 2004. We went out there 
and we let the the midges cost us possibly a World Series. We let Brian Cashman go up against Joe Torre and chose to stick with Brian Cashman. He brought in Girardi and he bought a World Series for George Steinbrenner on his deathbed. That was a deathbed World Series. That was, you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. You don't get to take it with you. That's what that World Series was. But since then, playing within the confines of the new game of Yankees baseball, which is Hal Steinbrenner saying, you got to give me a reason to go over $210 million. Now, I want to make it clear. We're saying $210 million. (laughs) People talk about, oh, he won't go over that threshold. Like, he won't go over $100 million. We're not the pirates. We're spending as much money as they're saying, if you have to spend any more than this, you're doing a bad job and you have to pay a penalty. That's what that is. If you have to spend more than this, you're not good at your job. So we're going to charge you a dumb tax to help the poor teams who are playing better than you. When it came down to Cashman versus Girardi, we made the right move. We, we walked away from Girardi, who wasn't going to you know blend with these young players. We stuck with Cashman. We let Cashman make the trades in 16, and he got us the number one farm system in baseball. And we have moved further and further from being World Series champions because of that. Now... People get hung up on, he's built the number one farm system before. He can do it again. It's number one on paper. We have not won the World Series. Trading for Glaber Torres, Clint Frazier, finding Geo, finding Voigt, finding all these guys. Sessa, Green, getting Britain, re-signing Britain. These moves didn't work. They're like they didn't work. Signing Aaron Hicks, signing Sevy, breaking the like the the Yankees have two rules: no facial hair. We don't sign you to early extensions. We broke rule number two twice, and it hasn't worked either time. And then here's the rebuttal to that. Well, you know they got injured, and you know the injuries have been really tough. <laughs> so he picked the wrong guys. He picked the wrong trainers. He picked, it is systemic failure. It is not, there is no bailing out of, and some people like to say, well, you know, in order to make deals, someone's got to want to make a deal with you. And Brian Cash was doing this job so long. His peers have aged out. It's a younger, newer group of guys who've been loving baseball for their whole lives, but as fucking nerds. And you know what nerds hate? fucking cool guys like the Yankees. So that's the deal. You're going to get fucked. It's part of the job. And if you can't do that part of the job, you can't manage that, you can't do the job. 
He can't. You brought up his age. To me, the problem is just the, the total job security that this guy has. Like his last name is basically Steinbrenner at this point. He's been in the organization since 1986. There is not a thought in his mind about being fired. There's no pressure anymore. He knows he's going to have a job no matter what, whether they miss the playoffs, whether they don't. That That's my issue. He, has, he doesn't have to worry about job security and everything that he gets praised for. Oh, he knows how to handle New York. He knows how to handle the media. He knew how to handle the boss. Like none of that applies anymore. None of that is relevant today as we sit here in 2021 it's just not you brought up those yeah he, you know he has five championships mocking that i agree with you he you know did he add some complimentary pieces to the late 90s team sure but he walked into that either of us could have won three championships in a row with that group in 2009 any idiot could have went into that offseason and given cc a blank check given Burnett a blank check and they had a hole at first base tex was a very easy signing too like there was no great brain power involved in any of that he has made some great tra- trades Gio Urshela is a fantastic move he's been, good dumpster ama- he's been an amazing pickup uh, how many MVPs has Gio won none zero none zero. Luke Voigt won the home run king for a 60 game season we was injured most of it and now he's missing most of this season like that he's Missed another great. chance to sell high. Could have traded him after he won the home run title at the end of last year. Could have yes. gotten a lefty bat. Missed that chance. Yep. And I'm not saying, again, Luke Voigt's a bad guy. He's a good player. He wants to be a Yankee. He takes it very seriously. He works hard to get back. But at a certain point, you got to worry about the laundry and not the guys wearing it. You do. And let's look at the pitching side of Brian Cashman. This goes back 20 years. To me, this goes back to Javier Vasquez. He tr- traded for him twice, whether it's Vasquez, whether it's Paxton, whether it's Tyone, whether it's Sonny Gray. Like, it's all the fucking same. None of his pitching trades ever work. None of them. He's like, oh, for <laughs> what is he like? Oh, for 40. What trade deadline pitching moves has he made or offseason starting pitching trades has he made that have worked out other than throwing CC a ton of money or he threw a Tanaka a ton of money. That really didn't work out either. He's, he is horrible, horrible at evaluating starting pitching. He it's went a out disgrace. On, he went out on a limb one time and got Roger Clemens like four times. Like that's, oh, yeah, you know, that tough, tough move coming off two Cy Youngs and, and getting the boss's blessing there. But yeah, I mean, I always think of Vazquez. I think of Esteban Loiza, uh, Jose Contreras, like me and you, like, you know, we're, I'm 28, you're 35, 36. Like, we can go back and remember horrible, horrible trades in the early 2000s. Kayagawa. Oh, God. Yeah, that was our answer to Dice K. <laughs> yeah. Kayagawa. Ah, uh, yeah. No. And the Vasquez one he did twice. Uh, yeah, a lot of moves. The guy doesn't know starting pitching. Like, at some point, you just don't know it. If I'm how I'm going to the Rays GM, I'm saying I'm going to double your salary, whatever it is, and instead of having a $60 million payroll, you can go up to 210. You can go up to 209, 999. Yeah. I'm on a board, bring your whole staff. Like that that's what I'm doing. They they clearly have a better operation. They do way more with way less. We're we do a little with a lot. I mean, I think Hal could go to someone like that and say, "I'll double your salary. You are you need to get us below 175." And then you can go right up to 210. And I may have more. But, like, clear out some of the salary. Do whatever your magic is. Clear some of this out. And then let's go out there and, you know, and let me make you. Imagine being the GM who replaces Brian Cashman, changes the, um, like, changes the culture, changes the, the franchise's approach, and wins World Series, becomes the fucking new Theo Epstein. 
be awesome. Dan said he's got a stat about cash at the trade deadline. Oh, it's not a stat, but I guess uh, Jim Bowden or Bowden. Yeah, uh, he was on Mad Dog Radio, and they were asking him if the Yankee, if he, if he thinks the Yankees will make a trade at the deadline, and he said that he got a text from chat on from Cashman that says, "We suck right now, but not for long." That's a whole load of bullshit. Of yeah, I, I, I saw that, and oh, know, guys, he's lurking in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> he's a ninja. <laughs> Yeah, and people were like, oh, you know, is, uh, you know, is Bowden, you know, one, there were some people saying, like, should Bowden be, um, like, divulging that yeah, information yeah. or whatever. But, I like, f- fuck Jim Bowden. I don't give a shit what he says. What, because, yeah, I think that Cashman believed that Luis Severino was going to be coming back and maybe Kluber's going to be coming back. And now we find out while we're at the game on Friday that Seve, you know, has to get helped. All I see is a screenshot of him being helped carried off the field. And it seems like it's a groin injury. I don't know the extent of it. I don't think anything's really been talked about the extent of it. But let me tell you, groins don't heal easily, especially when your job is planting or pushing with that groin. It's like the an oblique. It's like Voigt's oblique. It's not going to go away until the offseason. And now you've got a guy who's trying to build up his arm who's got a bad groin. Like, your system is thrown off. You're going to end up hurting your arm again. He's not going to pitch this year. I, yeah. I don't think at this point. Uh, not enough time to get ramped back up. And if they're 15 games out in August, what the fuck is the point of bringing him back? I might be mistaken. I believe Seve is going to be a free agent after next year. He's missed so much time that it's just gone gone so quickly and I it seems like he's still a kid but I want to say next year is the last year of that that four-year extension that he got and then he's a free agent and I'm sure shit letting him walk at this point and for everybody that says uh, Dan what do you got is that right uh four years 40 million club option for 2023 okay so he could so if they decline that option he could be a free agent like this what a sad turn of events this has been for seven he basically hasn't pitched in three years just getting paid though set his family up for life generational wealth him and hicks the two guys that cashman looked at this group and said you know they're two guys (laughs) that i'm going to commit to and everybody and hicks the hicks was injured before that extension it's not like he signed hicks was injured all the time (laughs) hicks has always been injured but i still for 10 million i didn't think it was gonna be this bad i was like oh maybe we'll get like a year or two out of him for 10 million dollars a year to be like all right we have our center fielder I I thought it was fine because I thought we could just walk away from the contract. I still think we can just walk away from the contract at some point if need be. I wasn't like upset about it, but I was just like, what is the point of this? Like people were acting like, oh, you got to get this done before he gets to free agency as if teams were lining up to give Aaron Hicks like $200 million in free agency. I don't think there was going to be a ton of competition for him, but Cashman has his guys that he loves, that he's prideful about. He He found Hicks from the diamond in the rough or whatever from Minnesota. And, and Cashman's very stubborn. And for everybody that says, oh, but who are you going to replace him with? Like, that's not my job. That's Hal's job. Yeah. But there are clearly guys that are going to be do more with the resources that he's given Cashman. And don't give me the bullshit about it's Hal's fault. We have the second highest payroll in baseball. That is more than enough to win with. Yeah. I mean, it's more than enough to not be in fourth place. <laughs> and like, and, who got yeah. us in this position? is Brian Cashman. And I get it. Oh, there are injuries. Things are for, but like you made the decision to get the guys who ended up having the injuries. Like sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. We're not doing it day one of your job. We're doing this 
20-something years in. And for the small sample size crowd, one division championship in the past seven years. That's a long sample size for me. That's that's plenty good enough. He's never valued speed or athleticism. Remember, I mean, we, we've always been kind of old and slow. If you want to go back to like starting, I don't know, 2002, would you agree with me? We've never had speedsters. We've never had great defenders. I think I know he's got the quote like, oh, I build my team with big, hairy monsters. Like Maybe you need to change up your philosophy that hasn't worked. Well, so that's why I think it's so important to think about going outside Yes, going outside the organization, because when uh, Watson left, it made sense to have Cashman. This is right hand man. We've got this core. We just won a World Series. We've we've been close a couple of years. Let's keep it going. And then obviously, if it doesn't work, we'll just fire this young guy. But now, like we have our system, and our system does not work. It just doesn't work. There's nothing that says it works. There's no evidence that it does. So let's gut everything how we analyze players how you know and yes we have to eat some some bad years some lean years but having got having cole having stanton having dj you can still in a year or two shock the world like we did in 17 and be back in contention but you, it's not going to happen. You have to clear something out. Yeah, it's not happening this year or next year. And I was going to say, look at Max Scherzer, look at Verlander. They dominated through their age 36, 37 seasons. Cole's still 30. He hasn't even turned 31 yet. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah, the speed and athleticism kills me. And everybody says, oh, but we need to use analytics. All the good teams are using analytics. It's not enough to just have the analytics. Everybody has access to the same shit, the same information. The Rays and the Dodgers and the Astros and all those guys, they're better at applying it, at taking the nerd data, whatever it is, and actually applying it to get the better players, to get the right fit. It's not enough to just, oh, we use analytics. Like, cl- clearly, we're not good at applying the information into results, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes complete sense. We all have the same information. What do we do with it? They make good decisions with it. We, at times, it seems like we ignore it. Yeah, I don't want to go away from analytics. I just want to be better at it. <laughs> yeah. That's all is And, like, Cashman could have some job with the organization where he's not making the decisions you know i don't think this is a like oh well we'll get a general manager let him stay as president like no we need someone needs to be given the power to fully take this over i mean it's the new york yankees do you want to run the new york yankees yeah anybody's gonna want the job anybody decent yeah yeah now, I want him out of the building, though. I disagree with you. I think if he's lurking around. No, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He has okay. to. Like, unless it's some kind of, like, ambassador role where they, you know, bring him back for something where, you know, maybe you want to give him, a you know, 150K a year salary of, like, an advisor that, you know. Sure. No fine. one's calling. Yeah. <laughs> Consultant that nobody reaches yeah. out to. I mean, the guy's worth, I, I've looked online, he's worth between, like, I've seen 12 and $20 million. Like, great. He living on just returns. You're making one and a half million dollars a year. Just fucking go live your life. Yeah. See ya. Uh, as Michael K would say. Yeah, I'm I'm done with him. We're obviously done with Boone. Ready to sell. It's going to be an interesting six weeks if they they make some half-assed buying attempt or they they just stand pat. It's going to be it's going to suck because you have a chance like you had in 2016 to reset a bit. 
to get some assets in here, revamp, and, and I hope they take advantage of it. Because they do have, you know, the team sucks, but they do have pieces that have value, like Chapman, like Green, like Britain. Let, let's see what they do with them. Even Torres still has some value. Yeah, and, it, like, let's not do what we've done with all our pitching and just say, well, there's value. This guy could be good. Let's hold on to it. Like, we have – you hit a point where it's like you've got – too much. You've got too many good prospects. You only have so many spots on the major league roster. Not all those guys are going to pan out. Hopefully, you pick the right ones. But if you leave them all in AAA, none of them panned out. No, and I would even take like Davey, Clark Schmidt, all the slap get slap guys that we talk about. I would trade them for some lottery tickets, like some nineteen year old hard throwing just lottery tickets of, of maybe younger guys with upside. Because we know, like, look, Davey has two starts this year. He lost to the Orioles and he lost to the Tigers. Like, we know what he is. And we, we talked about it. We know what Clark Schmidt is. These guys aren't good enough to be major leaguers. Maybe you trade them to a team that's, I don't know, dumb enough to take a chance on them and just give me some lottery tickets. Like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Someone responded to me that, well, you know, yeah, you're right. We should trade like Judge and stuff. But like pitching wise with Cole and then we have all this good young talent. And I said, we have young. I don't know if it's talented. It's definitely not good. Like, if these guys were good, they would be in the major leagues playing for the team that is eight and a half games back, having pitchers throw a third of an inning, having pitchers go out there and get smacked around on a Sunday. Like, if they were good, they'd be, they'd be here. They'd be contributing. Yeah, exactly. Fourth place team. Now, if I told you we could sign Corey Seager next offseason, we have to trade either Geo or Voight. DJ would move accordingly. But those, you know, between those two guys... Who would you rather hang on to? Because I think that's what, you know, they'd have to get rid of one of them. I would hold on to Geo. Okay. Me too. Yeah. You're younger, a little more valuable. Yeah. But you got to yeah. trade somebody. You got to shake it up, man. But now then, I think we still run into the situation of, I mean, how, how valuable is Glaber's bat that we're just going to keep moving guys around? to mask his inability in the field. Like, yeah, he, he made a couple good plays this weekend. Like, he, he made a couple of great plays this weekend. But if the idea is, like, oh, well, now, you know, we move him to second, like, well, we just got worse at second base by not playing DJ there. We did, but, again, DJ is going to be getting older. I don't think it's the same conversation okay. we were had in 2019. So I, I'm fine moving him to first, like, starting next year. And then you have Geo at third. You say, Glaber, you're playing second for the next decade. And Corey Seager, who's a better shortstop than you, he's going to play short. And he's left-handed. Like, they really need a left-handed bat. And when you look at all the shortstops that are available, I think it's Correa, Baez, Story, and then Seager. Only one of them's left-handed. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer if you're going to splurge on one of those guys. How much money is Seager going to make? I think, like, I don't know, between three and 350 It's probably going to be the – I mean, what did Lindor get? 341 around there? I just I don't know if we're in play. Are we not even a win now enough team? Yeah, no, you're right. Like, would he even want to come here? It's, well, it's, it's not even to, would he want to come here. But like, you you then you sign Cole for the 2020 season. You barely make the playoffs. You possibly miss the playoffs in 2021. And like, you need to come up with that money. Like, the we're still we're not Seager away from being there. So like, yeah, you're you know if you clear out. Kluber's contract that gets you eleven million dollars. Um, I mean, Gardner's on a two-year deal. <laughs> Chapman's really the one with the salary relief at seventeen five or whatever that can yeah. really 
save them a lot of money. And like you said, what's the point of having an elite top three closer if you never have a lead? That's why they traded him the first time. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather blow every game in the ninth inning than never win a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. It's that stuff. Are you planning on going to any games? Like if they don't, if they just stay on the current pace. Like, will you go? Um, I will. I would say that. Well, yeah. So uh, Labor Day weekend, I have a wedding at the Bronx Zoo at six o'clock the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. The Yankees play at one o'clock. My plan (laughs) is to go to that game in a tuxedo and go directly from Yankee Stadium to the wedding. You'll need a hard stop of like, what do you think, 4.15? For what? 4.30 to like leave the game. If it goes into extras or something, no? Oh, I don't care about like a wedding ceremony. Oh, yeah. I don't care about anyone's ceremony. Oh, okay. No Got one's it. saying anything interesting there. Okay. Yeah. You know, like if it's like, because at that point, it's like, all right, this could be my last game of the season. Like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. Okay. I'll be there for the reception. Other than know. that, where you have like a pre-planned reason to go. Other than that. I have, I have, no. So, you know, we brought my daughter to the game. Yeah. And she did great. She had a great time. I mean, four-hour game, extra innings, really champed through it. Um, so my wife said, like, so now that she did so good, like, when do we go to the Bronx? What's the point? Like, exactly. I Why literally, I can go. Like, bringing her to a Yankee game is not going to be a fun experience. Like, you can clip this, show it to her when she's 18 years old. (laughs) Joey girl, I love you, but your first Yankee game is not going to be fun for me. Many Yankee games for you are not going to be fun for me. It will ruin the thing that I loved by bringing another thing that I love there. That's the honest fact. Sometimes she wants to be picked up, and I just say I don't want to hold you. That's not what I want to do right now. You're a sack of potatoes. But I love her. And to say, all right, now on a Saturday, I got to get up early. Eight. Yeah, eight, 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 You know, get her. You know, she's got to eat. She's got to, you know, all this shit. I got to put the dogs in the basement because if we leave them out and leave for a while, they piss on my bed. And then I'm going to drive up there. She'll probably start to fall asleep. She'll need... She'll need lunch in the car. So now my wife's in the back seat feeding her while I'm driving. So now I'm an Uber driver. She's going to start to, it's going to be nap time, right about game time. Like, there is, and then these guys are going to not even try hard. There's no, like, plus side for me. Let me ask you something, something I've been debating. So my uh, bachelor party is going to be, it's mid-September, and we got, like, this really nice, like, it's like a mansion of a beach house somewhere. Are you going to ask me to be your best man? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you threw me off my train of thought. But it's somewhere. I don't know if the town. It's not like seaside, but somewhere okay. around there where it's like you can get to the Bronx if you want to or you don't have to. My oh, my original plan was it's Thursday to Sunday and like Friday night we'll get a party bus and we'll go. They're playing the Indians. Like we'll do a Yankee game. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here like do I want to have all my friends get onto a bus, spend an entire night going up to the Bronx and back to watch a 500 team? Or do I want to just hang out in a beach town? And these guys are like guys who grew up with and went to college with who are not Yankee fans. I'd say I think there's like 12 and maybe three of them are Yankee fans. Yeah, the majority is is not. I'd say like three out of 12. Are I mean, two others. 
there's like, always the worth cha- it? there's always the chance that they turn things around and yada yada yada. No, dude. No. <laughs> no. You're gonna make nine people go do a thing that they don't want to do deep down in your soul you know you don't want to do no yeah no i know the way you say it i'm gonna give it and my deadline for myself to decide is the trade deadline so i'm gonna give it and i haven't made it but like you know in april it was like i'm definitely doing this yeah like this was not even a question you know they'll be in it in september i was like yeah we'll be we'll probably maybe it'll be a clinching weekend like it'll be great if this is the year i got married i'm sitting here going I made all these fucking people book flights to Chicago and the Yankees stink. At least you're not making them get on a plane. Exactly. That was my thing from the beginning is like, I just want to make this easy. So, and all my friends live in the Northeast. So it's like, this can be like, if you live in New York or Baltimore or Philly, like this is a nice central. Yeah. You can still pivot. You have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you, and you did 2015 when they were, I guess, hanging, they were in, they made the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we stink. Yeah, I, I think I will pivot. Good idea. Yeah, I mean, or you do also have the possibility of playing it as it gets closer, and just seeing like what maybe even having like have your best man do it and reach out and essentially be like, hey, so listen, hey Yankees ticket office, you guys stink. What's a suite going for? <laughs> You know, yeah. what's a luxury experience? Because if you're going to go and you're going to have, you know, like if you're going to make these guys go, you weren't going to sit in the 400 level, right? No, I was looking at uh, I was looking at Jim Beam because it's like 170 for unlimited uh, food and drink for like the first five innings or something. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that still puts you up on like the 300 level, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But if they're, you know, if it's, what'd you say, like 175? Yeah, for, yeah, for what unlimited it- Drinks through the fifth inning. Yeah. What if there's something where it's like, I don't know, you call them, I don't know that they do this or they have this flexibility or whatever, but you're just like, I don't know. What do you have? Oh, they do have an all-you-can-eat and I believe all-you-can-drink thing in Delta, too. Now you could possibly move down a level for maybe the same price or comparable because this team stinks. Like, they're going to have a real hard time filling seats. There might be some flexibility later. They are. To me, it's more about just like we were bitching about the time in the beginning. Like, do I want to sit yes. on a on a bus for an hour and 20 minutes each way for if they're if they're 11 games out? Like the motivation's out there. The thing is, I'll be in central North Jersey. Any bar that we go to on a Friday night, that game would be on anyway. It's not like I'll have to bring my own TV or a fucking computer anywhere I go. Like the game will be accessible. But yeah, there's just no motivation right now to go to games and that's sad like for me and you to be saying that in june like other than we love going to games as much as anybody i know like it's just sad yeah so it's only an i i'm gonna be honest i don't think you have the mental capacity to remove yourself and go all right this is not they're not doing it this year i'm just gonna go and enjoy everything else you don't have that you you i don't have the ability to (laughs) I mean, you were like, all right, I'm going to go on Saturday. And it was like, what? You were like, my dad said, it was like, he's not coming in. And you're like, we got to do our pregame thing. We go, we see our seats, we see our view, we go get a drink. And I was like, all right, hopefully that helps the team. <laughs> you're right. I can't, can't do it halfway. Is your dad going to go to your bachelor party? Like, if you go to a game, is he going to go to the game? I don't think so. Uh, I can see him tagging along. He's a, he seemed like a cool guy. Yeah, well, maybe, he, yeah, maybe for the game. I haven't thought about it. I don't even know if I'm doing the game, man. It's a lot of, a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, 
Uh, one thing we should touch on, I mean, listen, hey, the team stinks. Everyone should be fired. If you think differently, you're probably dumb because um, <laughs> you have no reason to other than emotional attachment. I'm just saying there is nothing statistically or in the laws of probability <laughs> that say we should not trade Aaron Judge. We should not get rid of Aaron Boone. We should not look at getting rid of Cashman. I have said I think Cashman may have Cashman may have with the job security have one more manager under him. Like, hey, you know, I'm I missed on this one. The last few guys have been managers under me have won World Series, you know, if we give him any Tory credit. Um Give me one more. But then he probably just ruins Don Mattingly's legacy. <laughs> so I did want to talk just because you're like the biggest coal guy in the world and you try to cheat at kickball. <laughs> this sticky spider tack, all this stuff situation. I mean, we haven't talked about it at all. And I don't want anyone to think like we're hiding from it because like Cole did it. Like a lot of these guys do it. And for a long time, they were able to use pine tar. It sounds like they've gotten more intense with it. And it was just like, hey, the league said it's illegal, but, like, we don't really care because player safety, you know, you're keeping a better grip on the ball. And then nerds like Trevor Bauer and like Cole, because those are, those are baseball nerds, if they didn't have the ability to throw as hard as they do, they would probably be, like, studying the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, those guys said, oh, anything you'll allow me to do, I'm going to find an advantage with. And they did it, and they keep doing it, and a lot of guys keep doing it, and now the league's kind of changing their mind, and it's 1998 all over again. Andro was legal. You can take Andro. In the 80s, like, I mean, Jose can say, you could take steroids. They weren't banned from baseball. These guys just did. They went to the extent of the rules, and you guys said it was fine. So I don't blame these players if I don't feel that we were hoodwinked by Cole. I don't think it changes Cole's contract. Not Cole became a number one guy, a number one draft pick by playing baseball. If everyone else is doing what he's doing, is, is using grip, then I want him using grip. If no one's using grip, then fine. Don't use the grip. If my, exactly right. If people are taking steroids... I want everyone taking steroids. I tweeted the other day. I was like, Cole was the number was the consensus number one overall pick out of UCLA and throws a hundred miles an hour. It's not like this is this is not what makes him good. And look, MLB dead in the ball, offense disappeared, and now they're scapegoating the pitchers because this is their way to kind of get that back and bring the offense back. It's very, it's very clear. It's very obvious that these guys are being scapegoated and Cole's being singled out a little bit, but him, Scherzer, and Verlander are all in the same text chain with that Bubba guy, the uh the Angels clubhouse guy. So if you're, you know, you want to single out Cole, it's all of them. They're they're all doing it. I, I we know Cole's doing it. But like you said, if they all stop, Cole should still be, you know, in that 99th percentile of, of elite pitching. So I'm I'm not worried about him with that. I am a little bit annoyed with MLB trying to scapegoat him and these guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have so many other. Like you said, we didn't talk about it. Like for me, like the Yankee concern list, like that is so far down on the list. <laughs> You know, we have so many yeah. other issues. Like that's yeah, that's the other like, you know, Carabas and guys like that, like like to point out I mean, like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't care that his spin rate I care about the home runs. I care about uh, our offense sticking stinking. But 
I didn't even get a chance to read it. The guy who apparently like made the sticky stuff uh, is now like speaking out to Sports Illustrated. I didn't know Sports Illustrated was still around, but um, <laughs> apparently here is everything out, and it's just like I don't know, dude. Shut the fuck up. It's like anyone who who bitched about like oh well, I sold all these guys steroids. Shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, You're gonna do illegal shit. You get like that was your decision. Fucking live with it. Don't be a rat. Nobody cares. So yeah, no, I'm not. Not that is very, very far down the list. I'm just hoping we don't get swept in in Buffalo. If I'm if I'm being dead honest, and then they got the Athletics. It's looking like a one and five, two and four week at best. And their record at Buffalo last year was horrible. That was not a place they played well. Yeah, for those to remember, we haven't played well there at all. And I saw some people saying like, you know, we should be able to go to Buffalo. And like in theory, we can go to Buffalo and we can beat. The Blue Jays, they're only a game better than us. Like, they're not having a oh, Their lineup's either. a lot better, man. Their yeah. lineup is a lot better than ours right now. Yes. But, like, it wouldn't be totally shocking. I don't think we're going to sweep them. But the Athletics are a first-place team. Who play us very tough, at yes. least the last five years, yeah. Who've always played us very tough. Like, they're not – and they're not, like, some anomaly, like, first-place team. Like, this isn't the NL West – they're still like a, a 600 team. And they're good, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Better to have it blow up now than have some mirage and be the second wild card and run it back. It's almost better. You almost want all the worst case scenario stuff to happen at this point. You want just them to, to get deal the with what's across. going on. You yeah. want to deal with the actual situation. Because let, let's be honest. They go on some sick run. They make the wild card game. Even if Cole wins that wild card game, they're going to get bounced in the DS. And they're not getting past that. That that's as far that's their ceiling to me is maybe Cole could win a wild card game and then they're toast. Done. I can promise you if they go on a run and make the second wild card game, I will totally forget everything that I've said during this whole podcast. Oh, me too, me too. And it will be <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you right now, that's wrong. The, these issues are still going to be there. The issues are very real. We see be a good all problem the issues. To have. Yes. I'd love to have that problem, but we'll be right back here next year doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have anything else, man. Yeah, I feel a little better, though. Yeah, oh, me too. This is good therapy. Yeah. Um, we got to meet Dan. Me and Nick both got sad and didn't go out after the game. Dan, did you go out after the game? Yeah, I did. Uh, shout out to the BP, crew, BP Philly crew guys. Uh, it was Tom, Dave. Uh, chicken parm John. Uh, they were awesome. So I had a lot of fun after. Good group. Nice. Well, yeah. What was the vibe like at Xfinity? Was it like were like a lot more Yankee fans, more Philly fans? Were Philly fans talking shit? Uh, definitely a lot more Philly fans after the game. Um, we ended up going to uh, Victory that bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember me and me and Tom were getting down on the dance floor, and then some girl just came up to us like holding the L. Oh man! See, I would. I that's blew why her I a little go. kiss, and it was fine. That's why I didn't go. I can't can't deal with that stuff after a loss. <laughs> I just I'm too old to find my buzz again. I lost my buzz, and I was like, if I start ramming up from here, I definitely don't come to Sunday's game. You're like a pitcher when there's a rain delay. Like once you have to stop throwing, that's it. Yeah, essentially. Like when we tied in the ninth inning, I turned around, and they don't. It's not like in New York where if you're in a luxury area, they don't stop serving. Like they still stop serving because I was like, oh, we tied this game up. Like I'm about to chug like two beers 
and like find this find this buzz and go out with the boys thinking the same thing and then then they didn't yeah we stink well hey you can fi- follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY you can follow Dan at Juicy99 Juicy99 you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx you can follow the show at George's Box Pod um, listen I'm going to be honest with you I don't know when I'm going to see you at a parade but I don't think it's going to be this year I don't think it's going to be this year and honestly, hey, unless you, if you could find a deal on tickets and like you get to have an experience you don't normally have, don't fucking go to these games. Don't go and sit in the fucking 200 level. Don't go to work every fucking day at some job that if you died would have a job opening for you like within a week to fill your spot and then take that money to go sit in the fucking 300 level. If you're going to go scrimp and save and do whatever and try to find a deal go on StubHub wait till the last second before a game and maybe someone's selling a legend suite ticket for a hundred bucks it's happened before I've done it before but don't don't give your hard-earned money to sit in the 300 level it's not a family experience honestly buy drugs instead (laughs) we'll see at some parade Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.